Welcome to C-Suite Radio. Idly hey! Welcome to another episode of The Brett Allen Show. Prepare to be astonished! A pop culture podcast. Join Brett weekly as he interviews your favorite celebrities from film, <gasps> oh, television, I'm back in business, baby. comedy, and much more. Inconceivable! Plus, you never know who will stop by. Dude, we are so gonna party! Now, here is your host, Brett Allen. Welcome in. Everybody, to another episode of the Brett Allen Show, a pop culture podcast where we interview your favorite celebrities and comedians from film and television and wherever pop culture hangs out. And today we have a very special guest, Derek's Brady, and I'm excited to talk to him. He stars in Bounce TV's acclaimed new drama series, Johnson. And it's a fun show. It's very important. There's a lot of amazing things that you guys do and talk about. But uh, if you haven't seen it, I mean, it's streaming and it's easy to get. Uh, Derek's welcome into the show. It's good to have you here today. Hello. Thank you for having me on the show today. I appreciate it. Yes. Well, this is your latest project and you've done a lot of different things and we'll get into that. You've had, you know, appearances on different shows and things, but this is really big for you because you are one of the four main characters of the story and I don't want to steal your thunder by explaining it. Can you let our listeners in on what the show is about? Sure. Uh, Johnson uh, is a show uh, about four best friends. We all lined up on the blacktop in elementary school in alphabetical order. And we found out we had the same last name, but there was no relation. And so we're uh, friends who became family that became brothers and we just, you know, continue to be uh, families. We navigate through life, through all kinds of situations, um, everything from marriage, uh, relationships, uh, interracial dating, uh, politics, religion, all of it. We uh, we tackle all these topics. And it's a it's a it's a show from the male perspective, a black male perspective of how we uh, navigate through life uh, collectively together as well as individuals. How did you come about the project? Was this something that was presented to you or how, how did it come about for you? Because I'm, I'm kind of disappointed in the sense that there aren't a lot more shows like this on television because it's just so important and I'm not gaslighting here, but it's just, it's a really good show. Like I found myself That's watching great. and watching and really getting into your storyline and all the other actors that you share the screen with. I really appreciate that. You know, um, the way I got into it is the creator of the show, uh, Deji LeRae, uh, created the show. And uh, he and Thomas Jones are our show, our showrunners, uh, as well as leads on the show. But uh, I was working on an HBO project, another project, and Deji was also on that project. And he, like, you know, said, hey, listen, I got this script. This is about, you know, maybe four years ago, four and a half years ago. And he goes, I have this script. And um, I think there's a character in there for you. I like your work. I'd love for you to read it. And I, I did. And, you know, you hear that all the time, but I read it. And within three days, I responded back to him and I said, I'm all in. I would love to be part of it. And I just I've never had the opportunity to be part of uh, four male leads and be able to tell our stories from our perspective. There's a lot of uh, great uh, female shows that are out there and they're so needed. But I haven't really seen one from um, four male leads perspective as well, especially black 
Mel's. You know, I've I've been able to be blessed to be a lot of part a part of a lot of great projects, but I'm usually uh, included in a story versus having the opportunity to tell my story. And that's what drew me to this project. So when I read it, I was like, I have to be part of it. Yeah, each of you have your own individual storyline. So it's not, although it is ensemble, right. it's not ensemble like in the traditional sense where, you know, you are kind of, although you might be involved in another storyline, you know, interactively, but we're also getting just all about you and your character. Yeah, I mean, that's that's the thing that's so interesting is that we have totally, um, you know, although we're unified on a lot of things of life, we're totally different. You know, we just happen to grow up as kids and we're still best friends, but we have different views on life and different things that we're into. Um, and so, you know, for me, I'm the only one that's married on the show. Well, I'm married on the show. Uh, I played the character Jarvis. Uh, Thomas Jones plays Omar, who's married, but he's going through a custody battle and a divorce. And then we have um, we have uh, Deji LeRae, who plays Greg Johnson, and he's trying to figure out, does he have commitment issues? Does he not? Is he going to move in with his girl? His ex-girlfriend kind of came into the, the story. And then we also have uh, Philip Smithy, who plays Keith Johnson. He's just trying to figure out his business and what he's trying to grow as a photographer, as well as just get his girl that he likes. So we're all in different places of life, but we still are brothers and have unified thoughts and convictions on things that we're agreed about. What is your hope? I mean, outside of being entertained, clearly that's important, but that audiences walk away with like, what's the big overarching thing that you hope people get when they get a chance to watch it? That's a great question. You know, I think my biggest hope is, is that we are able through our show to dispel the myth of, 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 of the black man, to be honest, a lot of times sure. media portrays or you have this certain idea of what you see. But honestly, um, from the friends that I know and I'm connected with, the everyday black man is just kind of trying to focus and progress forward. And we don't really float. We are strategic on how we're trying to move in life. And we have goals that we want to achieve. And um, we are a lot more than just a sounder to a song. So I hope that we're able to break that myth and see that, man, we have more commonalities than differences. And that if you see our show, regardless of who you are, you're going to be able to find one of the characters you're going to be able to relate to. Yeah, it's interesting that you bring that up because oftentimes media or even, you know, entertainment films and television shows like Black men are, you know, and are just kind of portrayed. And I don't know how else to say it in kind of a stereotypical sort of fashion. And it's like, Okay, you know, we get it. This guy is going to do this. He's going to do that. I say that with 100% honesty and just poetic license in the sense of like, although I get it, like it just it's nice to have that mold broken, I guess, and not just kind of like, okay, here we go again. You know, I don't want to mention this person's name, but I think of a lot of projects that they do black men and women and and this person is super famous but sometimes i feel like maybe in those particular shows you probably know who i'm alluding to it's kind of like all right we get it we get it but there's a little bit of honesty there but in this particular show it's 100 percent honest and true and it's i think very relatable for anybody no matter yeah. what culture or race you come from which i think is 
great that you can make that happen and have it be good at the same time. You know, I, I appreciate that because it's not that some of the people that we see that are portrayed in film and TV aren't real and we don't know them. It's that we're we're huge on that on, on this on the spectrum, right? There's right. there's so many other elements of us. And I think it's I'm really excited about and the feedback that we've gotten is that it's so refreshing to see more black men on the on the spectrum. And honestly, the issues we're dealing with are really timeless and really it goes beyond race, creed, or gender, right? You know, for me, um, you know, I'm married on the show to Lisa Johnson, who's played by Jessica Lusa. And, um, you know, she wants me to have more diversity and friends, meaning um, she wants us to have more married couples. She feels like my four best, my three best friends who are my brothers, they're single. Even though Omar's married, he's going through a custody battle and she wants to bring more married couples in there into our relationship. And I, I think there's a lot of uh, husbands, boyfriends, fiancés that could speak to, uh, you know what, my significant other, my my girlfriend, my wife, my fiancé, she wanted us to have more friends that were going towards the couple world versus having single friends. That's an issue that's beyond you know, whatever that spectrum is, right, of, of just race. So I think we have a lot of collective issues that we speak on, even voting. You know, we have our scene that just played last week. Um, we tackled that my character, Jarvis Johnson, is very serious about voting. It's important um, for the people that came before him. And then you have Jarvis Johnson played by, I mean, you have Greg Johnson played by by Deji LeRae. His character, uh, he doesn't believe in voting. He thinks it's a system that's set up to not really have the voice of the people. And so we kind of have it out. And I think we are, regardless of your age or your race or where you are, that is an issue that you can kind of relate to. Yeah, 100% relatable. Love it. Excited for more episodes and what comes down the pike. Well, I would be remiss if I didn't talk about your work behind the screen as well, because you're very involved. You have a production company, Skyscope Pictures, and recently you debuted your first award-winning short film, The Championship Rounds. Let's talk about Skyscope and how that Genesis came about for you. Um, we did that a, a, a few years ago, but the the thing is, is that it was a short that we we got into the film festival and we got a lot of advice. My producing partner MD Walden and I got a lot of advice. Just do it as a feature and don't do it as a short, and um, you, you know, because you're not going to be able to get names. And we just kept breaking the 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 we kept the goalposts kept getting moved, but in this case, it was us moving it. We, we did not feel like we were pigeonholed or held hostage to what everyone was saying. We felt like we had something special. We could do it. So we got Harold new, uh, we got Harold Perrineau, uh from Claws. We got Rutina Wesley uh, from Queen Sugar and True Blood. We were blessed with uh, uh, Lawrence Gilliard from The Wire and The Deuce and also uh, Michael Anthony Spady from, from The Hammer. And so we did this short, we put it in festivals and it won 19 nominations, uh, 14 awards. And then we said, listen, we think we got stories to tell. You know, we want to give a voice to the voiceless. We want to uh, tell stories of the marginalized communities that don't normally uh, have the opportunity to do it. And so we created Skyscope Pictures and, um, and wanted to launch that and go forward. And so now we're, we're working on the feature version of that story. Um, and uh, Anthony Hemingway, uh, the great Anthony Hemingway, who uh, was part of uh, as a director, uh, executive producer of People vs. OJ. He just was uh, the showrunner and director of uh, Aretha, 
what's called Genius. Genius um, about Aretha Franklin. Um, he also has done, um, you know, from the purge on down, he's done so many projects, but he's our director and producer with us. And so we have a lot of stories that we want to tell and we want to give, um, we want to create dialogue so that maybe someone that's thinking from, with one perspective, they can see a movie and be entertained as well as educated, and have a different point of view that might be able to educate and broaden uh, their thoughts on some issues. And so those are the stories that we want to tell. We want to do that through Skyscope Pictures. Exciting to see what happens. So you've been in the business for a very long time. I was going <laughs> through your resume and please correct me if I'm wrong. Your first taste was the nutty professor, right? That's kind of where you got <laughs> <laughs> as a valet. And that's funny that that was your first film. That's a great movie, by the way. So let's talk about what interested you and drew you into the business. You know, Nutty Professor was like my first in where I was a featured background role uh, in the Nutty Professor playing a ballet. And um, I, I just, I felt like um, I was in a music group before and I just felt like that wasn't my calling. We had a deal on Interscope and I just, I didn't think that was my calling. And so I wanted to uh, do what I felt was my purpose. And that was telling stories. And so I remember, you know, signing up. And uh, I got picked that same day to be part of the Nutty Professor and play a ballet. And so I got to see how Eddie Murphy worked on set. And I got to see Tom Shadiak, who's the director, who's done uh, Pet Detective Ace Ventura. And I got to just watch how cinema worked and how people collabed and worked together and did different takes. And I was bit by the bug. And from there, I just knew that's what I wanted to do and that I was supposed to do. And so I, I ended up getting managed by Suzanne DePass and I did my first national commercial. And then from there, I booked my first series uh, any day now. And then it just kind of snowballed, um, you know, and I, I just love it. I, I couldn't imagine not being able to tell stories. And that's where things clicked for you, where you go, okay, this is it for me. No, nothing else is going to exist outside of this world. Yeah. I'm, well, listen, you know, in this business, there's going to be times where you're, you know, in the garden and there's going to be times when you're in the desert. And yes. so even though you might have to do things to figure, to continue the steps forward, um, I knew this was going to be something that I was going to be doing for my life. And so I've just been blessed to be able to consistently pretty much work. But, you know, when you start off, when you start off as a, as a child actor and you're playing, you know, you're doing teenage roles, there's a transition. And I, I literally did go through like a seven, eight year gap where I had to kind of figure things out because I couldn't play the college kid anymore, the high school kid anymore. And I wasn't yet walking through the doorway of looking like someone as in manhood. So I had to reinvent myself. And the blessing of that was uh, with my agents at APA, I was able to do commercials and heavily do a lot of those that kind of really helped me take care of my family. I mean, I've done everything from, you know, 10, 12 McDonald's commercials. I've done every, all the car commercials. I mean, I've done over 60 national commercials and that's what helped me stay afloat as I went through that period. And then as I started like, you know, working out and growing hair in my face and get a little older, I was able to walk through that next stage and then things started to heat back up. Were family supportive when you told them that you wanted to do this? Were they like, okay, <laughs> <laughs> you're laughing. <laughs> I'm laughing because my family just said, you don't want to get a job. You <laughs> and I was like, no, it's, that is, I feel like I could really do this. And you know, everybody says that. And what's so funny about family is, at the end of the day, when they know it's your passion, you know, they're like, go for it. But the thing that's funny is, is that in the beginning, no one thinks you want to really get a job. But as you start booking, 
you become everyone's proudest story, right? So sure. it's just, it makes me laugh because, you know, most families kind of like, oh man, what is, what is he doing over there? And then as you start to book and they see you on TV and in movies, they, and then they're like, I knew you could do it. Yes, yes, yes. I know. <laughs> so yeah, especially when like you start doing these national commercials, you know, and you're making a decent amount of money to do a national yeah. commercial. You I mean, now it's, I think it's oversaturated and, I mean, there's millions of people trying to compete just to do that. But a yeah. lot of actors get their start doing commercials because they're they used to be, from what I understand, a lot more bookable and easier to do to get. But if you're doing McDonald's commercials, car commercials, you know, I can presume that you're getting paid decently. And I think that's probably validation to mom and dad and everybody else when you can start paying your own way. You got a SAG card and now obviously you're on a, a television show, you know, so that, I mean, I guess it's interesting. I could see how family might go, Oh, this guy doesn't want to work. You know, he just wants to be lazy, but really, yeah, you know, if that's all you can think about and that's all you are, are just consumed with, then it would be really hard. I mean, I'm sure you've had in between jobs. Maybe did you ever have a job that you did in between that you were really good at maybe waiting tables, driving Uber, Lyft, anything like that? I, I didn't do any of that, but I did have a job, believe it or not, at Yahoo uh, when there was the writer strike years ago. We had a big writer strike. And everything in production closed down. Yeah, I remember. And I remember I was in uh, I was doing In Plain Sight that was on the USA Network. Oh, yeah. Loved the episode. It was a great episode. And I remember literally being in Albuquerque, New Mexico and getting a call from an application I submitted because I was hearing about this this strike coming. And at that time, you know, I still had a mortgage. I have white kids, you know, uh, still do. But <laughs> at that time, it was all new to me. And I was like, how am I going to pay for this house? What am I going to do? So I sent an application to Yahoo and um, I ended up getting the job while I was literally in my trailer filming on set. But the, it was like in the next couple of weeks, we were going to go on strike and no one knew how long that was going to go. And so I ended up working there for about eight, nine years, believe it or not, um, even after we came back from the strike. Um, but the great thing is I had managers there, um, you know, uh, uh, Aaron True and uh, Seth um, uh, is another manager at Yahoo that they they allowed me to be committed and work for Yahoo. But then on my lunches or whatever, they let me go. and I would be able to go out and go still audition. And so I slowly kind of, you know, tapered off of Yahoo and got right back into it full time. And I've been full time ever since. Um, so you have those moments and you have to figure out what are you going to do? But, you know, what's so funny about commercials and TV you know, a lot of times friends and family, they get more excited about your commercials than they do <laughs> when you're in a movie or on TV, because, right. you know, a TV episode will air once and you'll see it residual, a rerun of it later, uh, a movie, you go see it once. And then maybe when it's promoted on DVD, but, you know, commercials, you're coming into their living room nonstop for right. a certain period of time. So they feel like, you know, at least three or four times a day, they're seeing you on TV and it's just so funny, you know, as actors, we're like, we want to be thespians, you know, we're grateful for commercials and it's a blessing, but we want to do like, you know, we want to be expressive and tell stories. And so, uh, but most of the people around you are really excited seeing your commercial. <laughs> yeah, I can get that. Interestingly, I lived in Albuquerque for a very long time and did background work on In Plain Sight for a few episodes. So really? Yeah. Yeah. I worked on it a few episodes. I did some stand in work for Paul Ben Victor. Okay. And uh, I was in a few episodes here and there. 
uh, just as background or featured extras, day player stuff. I did that for a long time before I moved out to California, but that was a great show. Um, unfortunately, it ended, but yeah, that, that's yeah. funny. Um, who knows? Maybe we crossed paths at the time. I, I remember you seeing you on there and that sort of thing and watching episodes. And, and so that's great, but you did I really it. had fun working with Mary McCormick. She's yeah, she's awesome, fantastic. Man. Yeah, Mary is yeah. amazing. Yeah, wonderful person. Right. human being. Yeah. Sharp, it's... quick. Yes. She's able to look at a scene and kind of break it down and really know where to go. And I was like, wow. Like, she really knows her stuff. So I learned a little bit from her while I was working on it. Yeah, she's she's amazing. But that show was great. I mean, anything that comes out of New Mexico is amazing. Mm. Love it. Well, it's funny you mentioned about the commercial thing because, yeah, I mean, I'm sure for family, that's kind of like their validation. Oh, we're, our baby boy is on TV. You know, <laughs> let's go watch him. Let's tape the McDonald's commercial. But, right. you know, because billions of people are seeing that, right, versus thousands or whoever many might see you in this. But you have this amazing show and it is on Bounce TV. Johnson, it's just subscribed talking to your Google remote bounce TV. You can get a free subscription or subscribe, watch this show and all the other amazing things that are on there. And let me tell you, man, the great thing about it is funny. You talk numbers, man, Uh, we're so honored and humbled by it, but our, our debut of Johnson, it debuted uh, to two point over 2.1 million viewers. And it was the most watched debut half hour dramedy series in bounce TV's history. I mean, that was just, that was huge. So our show is resonating with people and breaking records. And that's just awesome. And people can find it. Um, you can call your cable, your cable provider and just look for uh, Bounce TV or search for it. Um, it comes on Sundays at 8 p.m. Eastern, 7 Central. Um, there's also an encore that comes on at 11 uh, p.m. Eastern. Um, so that would be 5 and 8 Pacific Standard Time. And also um, set your DVRs for the season. Have it recorded so you don't have to even think about it. And if you don't have cable, then you can get an antenna from your local store (laughs) and you can scan that and you can watch it because Bounce is actually a broadcast channel. And if you stream, if you're the streamers for where we are today, there's an app called Brown Sugar. You can download that app and you can uh, binge the episodes that we have. We have five episodes and we have five more left for the season. Wonderful. And thanks to all of our listeners for taking part and being a part of this episode and listening and supporting the podcast. Be sure to please share it with a friend. You could probably even do it with the device in your hand. It's absolutely free and head over to iTunes, Apple podcast, and leave us a kind rating and review. It really does help and allows us to continue to talk to amazing people like our guest today, Derek Brady. Thanks for joining me. I appreciate it. Had a great time. Thank you so much. I appreciate it. That brings today's show to a close. Goodly do. Thanks for stopping by. If you enjoyed the episode, feel free to share it with a friend and subscribe. It's absolutely free. The views and opinions of the guests do not necessarily reflect those of the host. Autobots, roll out. Go home.